Welcome back to the Back Row Eagles show, everybody. I'm your host, Michael Bauer, joining you with some more great content for you this week. Um, I don't understand why there's a lot of podcasts out there, specifically team-related podcasts, uh, one that have the word John in their name. They're not putting anything out right now. I mean, maybe they think there's not a lot going on. Maybe they don't know anything about football. The fact of the matter is, since I started this whole thing, I'm sorry, since I've been asked to start this whole thing, I put out something for you guys every week. <clears throat> Even when there's nothing quote-unquote going on, there's always something going on. There's always something to talk about. If you're a true fan of this team, then you know that there's there's something happening. It's real easy. So uh, we do the draft coming up next week. Tonight is Friday night. It's about 9 o'clock right now. I'm doing this, John, right here before I do the, um, the Dynasty Rewind. Just wanted to knock this out real quick. Um, it's going to be a little bit of an abbreviated show. Just a few things I want to touch on tonight mainly with the draft coming up. We're going to talk some mocks. We're going to talk about some potential guys that I would love to see. You know, hey, welcome to Philadelphia. But um, I'd also like to spend some time with my family this weekend. I'm not as lucky as other people are. I'm not quarantined at home. I'm quote-unquote an essential employee, which is funny because um, as an essential employee, we haven't had as much work as we normally have. So my hours have gotten cut. So as an essential employee being forced to go to work every day, I'm making less money than I did before. I just want to let you guys know that um, all of us essential employees, and by that I mean uh, police officers, nurses, firefighters, all that stuff, they've been just given a great outpouring of love, and I appreciate that. So um, also don't forget that all those people that are essential employees, they have to get to work somehow, and that's where I come in. I fix cars for a living. That makes me essential. So every time you see an essential employee, there's somebody keeping their piece of the shit of, of a car on the road. That's me. So don't forget to thank us, too. But anyway, let's get into it. So uh, the rumor mill has been swirling around the NFL. And the one that I like the most, you know, normally rumors, I hear them and I go, meh, whatever. Get out of here with that. Trash. Straight up trash. But there is a rumor going around right now that apparently the Eagles are aggressively pursuing a trade up for C.D. Lamb. I did not mention C.D. Lamb much on past episodes as far as my draft targets because I figured at 21 he would be gone. However, Kai Roseman looks like he's going to work his magic. Now, let's talk about C.D. Lamb a little bit. He's my wide receiver one in the class. My one, two, three would probably be, go like this. C.D. Lamb from Oklahoma, if you're not familiar. Jerry Judy from Alabama. And Denzel Mims from Baylor. Now, I've touched on Denzel Mims. So let's talk about Jerry Judy. Jerry Judy's a guy that I like. I don't think they're going to get him. Turns out he got a nine on his Wonderlick test. So a Wonderlick test is a test that's applied to all people that are entering the draft. Um, the 50 is the best that you can get. I believe the only person to ever get the 50 or closest to is Ryan Fitzpatrick. He also went to Harvard. Basically, a nine on your Wonderlick is saying you are barely literate. That being said, I'm pretty sure Alabama doesn't put much emphasis on academics. I don't care if he could read. I care if he could read a playbook. So I don't think he's going to be there, but... Judy's a guy like, I got like a uh, great route runner. But CeeDee Lamb, he, he's the man of the hour right now. So CeeDee Lamb is 6'2", 189 pounds. A little lanky, but he could put on weight. That's fine. They'll hit the weight room. He's very agile. He's got great start and stop ability. His speed is very impressive. And he's a very hard guy to bring down. At 6'2", I would imagine that he would be. Just so elusive, too. A friend of mine, uh, Brad... If I talk about a guy named Slack, that's who I'm talking about. He's a great friend of mine, great golf partner, great drinking buddy, too. Just all around great BS or great dude. Um, he he brought up a comp that somebody comped into Jerry Rice. 
I don't think so. I see more Odell Beckham in CeeDee Lamb than Jerry Rice without all the off-field shenanigans and general knuckleheadedry. Um, but he had a one-handed grab versus UCLA on the sideline. It was just super impressive. Now, it was just out of bounds. But the fact that a ball that most wide receivers would consider uncatchable, he went up and tried. That, that shows that this guy's willing to do whatever it takes. Um, he could play everywhere. Inside, slot, outside receiver. I think he's probably going to be an outside receiver in the NFL. But Doug Peterson's creative enough where he can move him around and do what he needs to do. Um, once he makes you miss, he is absolutely dangerous in the open field. And this guy's just, he's a hes a special player. He can win versus any coverage, man zone, press, whatever. And his jump ball skills are impressive. So um, that that's just one of those things that I'm really hoping that C.D. Lamb is wearing an Eagles uniform in about a week or so. But that being said, this article from BleedingGreenNation.com, which, um, by the way, if you don't read Bleeding Green Nation, they have a great podcast as well, but their website is what I usually go to. Um, so they're talking about uh, the Eagles are aggressively – this is a tweet from Joe Torty. They're just kind of putting it in the, the article here. I've been told that the Eagles are aggressively pursuing a trade up in next Thursday's NFL draft. C.D. Lamb is the apple of his eye for Howie Roseman. Roseman is absolutely in love with C.D. Lamb. Hearing if that he if that fails or top four wide receiver are gone, Philly will be bailing out of 21. So there's going to be a trade back. I think I addressed this earlier. I don't want to trade back. There's going to be plenty of great value there at 21. There's going to be great defensive talent. There's going to be great offensive line talent. While our offensive line is good, I do think Jason Kelsey probably retires within the next year or two. He had mentioned it previously. Um, so also, Tordy adds that the Carolina Panthers are number seven and the Las Vegas Raiders are at number 12. There are two potential landing spots to watch when it comes to the Eagles moving up. Makes sense for both of those teams. They need more than just one piece. You know, the Eagles are kind of a piece or two away from being real contenders again. Um, so CeeDee Lamb is definitely a guy uh, that, you know, missing out on DeAndre Hopkins, this kind of makes a little bit better. What does that mean for Alshon Jeffrey? Um, I've been thinking about this all day when I should have been thinking about how to properly fix people's cars, but just three other people there, they could they could figure it out. I think Alshon Jeffrey gets restructured and either cut, traded, or doesn't play in the preseason and then released with an injury settlement. I wouldn't put it past Ty Roseman. He is the type of guy that's going to make a bad contract look good. It's just what he does. I mean, he fixed the absolute blunder of a mess that Chip Kelly left this team with. So who's to say that it can't happen? Right? I mean, that's that's the way that I'm hoping it is. So that being said... Um, there's another article on NBCSports.com, and I don't want you guys to think that I just I click on clickbait and then, you know, read this article, read that article. No, I, I just want to let you know that I'm not pulling stuff out of my rear end. I do a lot of research, and, you know, this is what I come up with, and I want to give all the sources their credit. So this article on NBCSports.com says, The Eagles keep calling Denzel Mims. Hmm. Could have probably done without the hmm, but uh, that's what Ruben Frank does. If you don't know who Ruben Frank is, check him out. He is an amazing author, and he does some uh, radio hosting as well. I haven't heard him on the radio much. I honestly don't listen to the radio a lot. There's been a lot of great music that's come out lately, and there's, there's a lot of good podcasts. You don't hear as many commercials. so. Um, but anyway, this is from April 16th, so a few days 
uh, prior to when you guys are probably listening to this. What he says is it sure sounds like the Eagles are interested in him. He said, I've talked to the Eagles a lot. I've talked to them like four times last week, four or five times last week. That's incredible. I'm a huge, huge Denzel Mims fan. If you're not familiar with Denzel Mims, he's another big receiver, a little bit thicker than CeeDee Lamb. 6'3", 215 pounds. He went to Baylor. Um, he's a really, really good run blocker. He's, he's a great deep threat and a great end zone target. It's 6'3", 215, extremely physical, physical. He'll work outside and in the middle of the field. Not overly flashy. He's just solid. And that brings me to another guy, um, Justin Jefferson. A lot of people have been mocking Justin Jefferson to the Eagles as well. So why these two guys over Justin Jefferson? Justin Jefferson, to me, is a solid, solid football player. That's it. We don't need a solid football player right now. We need a guy that is going to absolutely scare defenses. The only people that do that on this team are Zach Ertz and Dallas Goddard, and that's only really to an extent, to say the least. And that is not a discredit to Zach Ertz and Dallas Goddard at all. They're fantastic at what they do. But generally, the tight ends in this system don't really stretch the field. Look at Zach Ertz's career average per reception. I think it's like 10.6 yards per catch. That's fine. That's great. But we need to do a little bit better, don't you think? Dallas Goddard, he's going to be a superstar. Not this year. Maybe not even next year. It might be two or three years from now. But the dude is going to be a stud. An absolute stud. He's going to be a stud. He's going to be feared. So this selection, however Howie Roseman decides to do it, is extremely, extremely important. I have faith. I have confidence. He's going to do the right thing. Don't be surprised if some picks get moved around. Maybe some players. I don't know. But how he's going to do something, I have a lot, a lot of confidence. So there have been some mock drafts as well. And let's take a look at them. There's one thing I want you to do for me. What? Come here. Mm. Win. Okay, so now I want to talk about some mock drafts. And, you know, <clears throat> I used to not think that mock drafts were important. But it just kind of, it, it gives you a decent idea of, you know, what what teams are thinking about doing. So I've seen some that are just absolutely all over the place. Um, here's a good one that I found recently. This is probably one of my favorite ones so far. And this is from ProFootballNetwork.com. It's, it's kind of hard to find. You know how hard it is to find a complete, complete mock draft? I think I found one once, and I mean it had all 32 teams, all seven rounds, all positions, offense, defense, not just skill positions, but everything. It was so cool. 
Um, and then it even did some undrafted stuff too. I don't know how they would pick stuff like that. But um, so this one I like, and it's telling us um, they tiered everything out too, as far as what the greatest positions were needed. I completely agree with their tierings 100%. I mean, they nailed it. So tier one needs are wide receiver. It's pretty obvious. Linebacker. Yeah. And safety. Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, I want to talk about safety for a minute, too, before we get into this. So according to BleacherReport.com, I'll tell you what, I'm really giving out some free promo tonight. So um, if anybody wants to pay me for all the promo, you could hit me up on Twitter at DMBauer85. You could also um, email me at MJBauer85 at gmail.com. I will get you my PayPal and Venmo information, and you can give me all the money uh, that you want. So the New York Jets are not extending Jamal Adams. Okay, He's coming up on a, at the end of his contract here. He plans to skip virtual offseason program. And he might be a name to monitor for trade during the draft. So this is a guy that, okay, if the Jets are not going to extend him, and if he leaves during free agency, he might they might get a compensatory pick for him. They might take pennies on the dollars. This is the New York Jets that we're talking about. No apologies to the Jets guys on this channel. You know, hey, man, you, you know. You're New York's other team. It's it's that easy. You're not you're not the cream of the crop in that city. You're just not. Neither are the Mets or the Nets or the Islanders. You're just not. You are the White Sox of New York. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. That's just that's how it is. You're an afterthought. You're the same thing as the Philadelphia Wings, the indoor lacrosse team. They're there if they win, great. If not, nobody gives a fuck. It's just that easy. So the Jets will probably give Jamal Adams away for pennies on the dollar. That being said, if that happens, cut Jalen Mills. Why keep him? I could see this getting, This is going to go one of two ways. It's going to go really good. It's going to be really bad. Or everybody's going to be pissed off. If this goes good, great. If it doesn't, then you might as well just re-sign Macho Harris. Do you remember Macho Harris? Mm-hmm. You do. You do. So... If they don't get C.D. Lamb, maybe they move their first. Maybe they swap first with the Jets. Jets pick higher. That's what happens when you're not a good team. You pick higher in the draft. You don't pick in the 20s. So the, the Jets might be willing to make a move here. I don't know. Tier 2, backup quarterback. Yeah. I'm not a big Nate Sudfeld guy. He's fine. But that's it. He's fine. If he has to start four or five games, we're probably going to – if he has to start five games and we go one and four, that's probably what I would expect. It kind of sucks. Like Coy Detmer. Um, edge rusher, I would agree with that. Brandon Graham's getting a little bit older. The interior defensive line is fantastic. Probably one of the best interior defensive lines in the NFL right now. Uh, running back, 100% agree. Although I will say this, I was watching some Miles Sanders highlights. He's more physical than people think that he is, and more physical than I remember. There was a play against the Cowboys where a guy like Shady McCoy would have just tried to run this dude over. Miles Sanders stuck his arm out and got this guy on his ass. So, Miles Sanders is not a pushover. He's almost six foot. He's 5'11". I mean, he, he's he's a little slight of frame, but I'm sure he's going to bulk up over the offseason. Uh, the rest of Tier 2 is cornerback. Uh, completely agree. 100%. Um, could probably almost have that in Tier 1 as well. Listen, I love these guys. They're dogs. They are. But they're not top-tier players. They're just not. Sorry. And interior offensive line. Again, agree. Um, I would like to see some more depth at tackle as well. 
just to throw that out there. Oh, but that's in tier three, which is tight end. You could almost cross that off the list, to be honest with you. They don't need help at tight end. Um, offensive tackle, there you go. And interior defensive line. Yeah, sure. If you get a guy that was a stud in college and had some off-the-field issues um, and you get him in the sixth or seventh round or undrafted, sure. I'm completely fine with that. No problems with that at all. Otherwise, don't don't spend a high draft capital on this. We need other stuff here. So round one, pick 21, my boy, Denzel Mims. If they get Mims at 21, you steal the draft. Seriously, this guy could be an all-pro. He's that good. Still want that C.D. Lamb trade to happen, but, uh, you know. So uh, next two, next one, round two, pick 53, Ashton Davis, safety out of California. I'm not going to lie, I haven't done any IDP scouting yet. With doing this show and doing the Dynasty Rewind, being a quote-unquote essential employee, uh, being a husband, being a father, being a son, being a brother. I got a lot on my plate, and I haven't been able to scout as much, and I'm sorry. Um, I'm really not. Still, thank you for listening. Um, but I'll just read the description of this guy. If it were up to me, Ashton Davis would not be available at 53. Well, then why is he here? Okay, He's easily a top 40 prospect and arguably the best safety in this class. While the Eagles roster lost its strong safety rather than its free safety, neither were spectacular last season. Both spots can use improvement. Davis is primarily a single high safety, but has the intangibles and versatility to make an impact in multiple ways. He is excellent in both man and zone coverage and won't back down against the run. That is huge, especially in this division. You're going to be playing against Ezekiel Elliott. You're going to be playing against Saquon Barkley. Adrian Peterson, I still wouldn't want to tackle Adrian Peterson. Not going to happen. And if Darius Geis ever gets healthy, he could be a bowling ball too. His ability to take adequate angles and pursue ball carriers towards the sideline is impressive. Additionally, Davis is a ball hawk who can create turnovers at the next level. Yes to all those things. If this is the scouting report on the guy, I like it. Okay, and then, the sa- yeah, we know. Safety sucks. Okay. Round three, pick 103, Cameron Dantzler, cornerback at Mississippi State. I'll go ahead and read this for you, too. Cameron Dantzler is a somewhat polarizing prospect, as his testing would make his success at the next level an outlier. Okay. However, he still has his fair share of supporters like PFN's own Nick Farabaugh, who broke down the dancer risk recently. So basically, Rasul Douglas is what you're saying. So they should draft another Rasul Douglas. That's it, that is like exactly what you're saying to me right here. Going to move on. Round four, pick 127, Nick Harris Center from Washington. Okay. Washington ran the ball pretty well. They passed the ball pretty well. This guy was in the center of it all. Sign me up. Round four, pick 145, Kaliki Hudson, linebacker, Michigan. Okay, let's read about Kaliki. Kaliki Hudson is a far from elite linebacker prospect. This, this is the first sentence. He is far from an elite linebacker prospect, but his athleticism and versatility could be tremendous for a defense that struggled over the middle of the field last year. I would rather have TJ Edwards on the field then. Just throwing it out there. And Nate Gary. They they played fine. You could get you could get a backup running back in the fourth round, or you could take a far from elite linebacker prospect. You know this was my favorite mock, and now looking at it, it's not. We're gonna move on. Round four, pick one forty six. Hakeem, I, I, I don't know. He's an offensive tackle from Kansas. Okay. Round five, pick one sixty eight. Siwo O. Oh, God. Anyway, he's a running back from Colorado. 
let's read about this guy. Boston Scott made some big stretch, big plays down the stretch, but is not built to be the best backup option at running back. Okay, probably not wrong. Sewell can bring a more powerful threat to the run game with size and physicality to match his speed. Once he gets going, he is tough to bring down. Okay, so was Boston Scott, in all fairness. Guy had a motor on him. The Colorado back is not great on third down, but Miles Sanders is more than adequate on passing down. So, backup running back is generally a third down back. And this guy's not good on third down. We're going to move on. Round six, pick 190. Julian Blackman, cornerback and safety out of Utah. So, Rasul Douglas. Okay. That's great. All right, so that's that mock draft. That was fun. It really wasn't. Um, so Mel Kuyper's fourth mock draft this is another one for Bleeding Green Nation. He has a dry surprise for the Eagles, and I looked at this, and I was like, oh, cool. This one's going to be great. And then it goes to 21, Philadelphia Eagles, Henry Ruggs III, wide receiver from Alabama. Mel Kuyper, you're killing me. The only part of that I liked is at 53, he took Jordan Brooks, an inside linebacker from Texas Tech. I love inside linebackers. So it says, I love this pick for the Eagles who could get an immediate starter at middle linebacker. Brooks, my number three inside linebacker, is a 240-pound tackling machine and sideline to sideline defender who surprised me with a 4-5-4-40 at the combine. I liked his tape, but I didn't know he was that explosive. He could be a menace in the NFC East for years to come. Well, hey, sign me up for that then. Like, seriously, sign me up. TJ Edwards, get him to play strong side linebacker. I think he's a little bit bigger than this dude. So just sign me up for that. But I don't like the Henry Ruggs pick at fit 20. I, I don't. I get it. Henry Ruggs is going to be a better NFL receiver than he's going to be a fantasy receiver. It's just how it's going to be. I play. I don't play NFL football, but I do play a lot of fantasy football. He's small. They already have that guy in Deshaun Jackson. And you can have a guy with a very similar, very, very similar skill set in KJ Hamler. Just stop with the Henry Ruggs. Stop. Come on. You're, you're killing me here. Here's another one from the Eagles Wire. Um, and this I like. Round one, pick 21. Eagles acquire Yannick and Jockway. Defensive end. Got a shout out to my boy Porkman who taught me how to say in Jockway professionally in the right way by the Jacksonville Jaguars. So there's a trade. Um, the Jaguars would receive pick 21 and Eagles 2021 fourth round pick. So I like that, but I don't like the explanation for it. Here's why. That is right, Eagles fans. You know, it's like when um, the Super Bowl just finished and it's like, hey, Eagles fans, your team just won the Super Bowl. That's what this Line right here reminds me of. Who needs receivers when you could get a young and proven pass rusher in the NFL? Who the fuck wrote this? I I'm scrolling up. I want to see who wrote this. Jeremy Klump. Jeremy Klump wrote this. Okay. Okay. He has shown that you that he can win games with limited talent. So this allows you to add an elite player like Yannick and Jockway to your roster. Jackway would be the Eagles' best pass rusher right away. Wrong. Wrong. It's still Brandon Graham. Derek Barnett is still going to be an amazing talent in the NFL. And we give them instant production and disruption from the edge. That part is right. The idea of taking a receiver in the first round is tempting, but this class is so deep that the Eagles will be able to add a starter or two in the later rounds. We thought we could do that with J.J. Arcega-Whiteside last year. Okay? And last year's wide receiver class was better than a lot of people inspected, too. I don't like 
this idea here i don't like it if it was a second round pick and a 2021 third now i'm okay with it they need this first round to be something great i know the offseason has been really really quiet lately but i feel like something big is brewing and i feel like this year especially how he's going to make a move that we are not going to regret I, I feel that deep down in my heart that that is what's going to happen. This team's been really quiet, but hey, you know what? In Howie, we trust. In Howie, we trust. It's that easy. So I think I'm going to sign it off. Just a few things that I've been thinking about for you guys. You know, I just want to let you know again, um, feedback from this podcast has been overwhelmingly supportive. I just want to say thank you to everybody that's listened. Thank you to everybody that's reached out to me and said otherwise. Um, big shout out to my boy Porkman. Him and his wife just had a beautiful, beautiful little baby girl. They named her Nova. Um, just so happy for him. You know, since I've met him, he's become just a great friend of mine. Um, happy to call him a friend. Happy to do the Dynasty Rewind. He's one of my co-hosts over there. Um, he's more, honestly, he's more than friend. He's family. So, uh, big shout out to Porkman. If you're on Twitter, go hit up FF Porkman and tell him that Mike said, congratulations, you know, that I sent you. Um, so, Hey, listen, you know, I'm, I'm always thinking about everybody that reaches out. I'm always thinking about the Eagles cause, uh, they're, it's kind of like family to me too. Uh, every Sunday I know they're there. They're going to be there for me. Um, so listen, I'm probably going to do my show a little bit later next week. That's why I wanted to get you something earlier here now. You had something to chew on a little bit. Uh, who knows? Maybe I'll pop on one night next week because something just came to mind. But the draft starts Thursday. It's Thursday, Friday, Saturday. I usually do my draft. Or I'm sorry, my draft. Listen to me. It's late. It's late. I'm sorry. I usually do my show on Sunday afternoons. Like I said, this Sunday I want to be a family day. I'm going to need some time to process what they did. I'm going to have to look at some film and this and that and blah, blah, blah. So I'm probably going to be coming to you Monday or Tuesday of the week after. So um, until then, everybody, just remember, no one likes us. We don't care. Hit me up on Twitter at the Embower 85. You could find me wherever, you know, however you want. Just find this. Uh, you, you could email me. You can find me. Um, mjbauer85 at gmail.com however you want to reach out to me I don't care, find me on Facebook find me on Instagram, find me on Twitter whatever, Till next week everybody thanks again for listening, love you all